the Bible is there for everyone to read. And I was clearly reading it for months. I'm, I mean, I'm getting a Bible degree. I'm reading the Bible all the time. And all the verses are there in regarding spiritual warfare. And I'm crying out to God for months. But then I sit down and I have prayer sessions with you and I'm free from it. Being able to sit with you, being able to have somebody guide me through that was life-changing. I felt like just light shined on that area of my life. It was like that one was just gone. It didn't, it didn't weigh on me anymore. Welcome to Unquenchable, where we discuss all things biblical theology, listening prayer, and Christian living. Each week, we'll share a discussion, an interview, or a story that will feed your spiritual curiosity, helping you to better understand the Bible and receive inner healing so you can grow in intimacy with Christ through prayer. In this first season, we're telling our story in the hopes that our journey might help you to process what God is doing through prayer today. Personally, it's taken me years to begin to understand how to pray in transformative ways. Even though I was someone who grew up in a solidly biblical, evangelical, Christ-centered church, and I believe that God could do amazing things to transform people's lives, this reality was so far out of my experience that it was more of a theoretical, theological belief than it was a day-to-day reality. But now, as my Pray Through a team and I pray through things with ourselves and others, we're learning how to teach others to experience inner healing and to develop intimacy with God through prayer. This episode is part of our conversation with Michael concerning his experience praying through things. So if you missed it, you'll want to skip back one episode to hear part one. In that last episode, we discussed how our first prayer session together freed Michael from a 15-year time span of tormented sleep and where he is now six years later. Today, we're going to talk a bit about our second prayer session and discuss some reasons why many attending church, Christian colleges, and seminaries often miss what God wants to do in their lives through prayer. Keep in mind, at the time, Michael was a divinity student, majoring in biblical studies. He was reading the scriptures and constantly crying out to God for months, but at that time, he was still crippled by constant thoughts of things that had happened to him when he was very young. And no matter how hard he cried out to God or how much he read his Bible, he wasn't experiencing spiritual breakthrough. Have you ever had a time like this in your life? Michael, in our second prayer session together, we dealt with some of the issues that came up concerning being inappropriately touched as a child. Are you willing to share a little bit about that for us? Yes. Oh, yes. That was one of the issues we worked through. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, man, I was seven or eight years old, mm-hmm. but it was crippling me. Yeah. It was crippling me. It was always on my mind. And it's like I had this lustful demon Mm -hmm. in my life. Well, the thing that was so neat for me was that when you left my office, you were at such peace and you said, I don't have to go in that room anymore. I don't ever have to go in that room ever again. And then you said something like, it's not that it didn't happen, but like now it doesn't affect me. It's yes. Like it was, it was a total forgiveness Mm -hmm. that I had given to that person Mm -hmm. that had did that to me. That if I were to see them today, I would want to hug them and say, man, like, I hope that you have peace Mm -hmm. from this. Like, I hope that God has changed you from this person that you used to be. Not to say that there shouldn't be any accountability for that individual, but it just didn't affect me the same. Yeah. It's not, it it wasn't like I was being tormented by it anymore. Yeah. So you know what I mean? what, What happened in that moment then? 
with that, how did God use or redeem or what did he do with that event then in that moment? I felt like just light shined on that area of my life. Imagine, um, imagine there's all these different quadrants on a, on a checkers board, right? And that's your, and you're looking down, that's your brain. You have all these different events that have happened in your life. It was like that one was just gone. Mm-hmm. It didn't, it didn't weigh on me anymore. Yeah. One of the coolest things about it was you said something like, it's not that it doesn't exist anymore, but now it's like it can be used for good. Yes. Yes. Which it is. And I'm, and I'm open about it. Mm-hmm. I don't, I never, I, I don't hide it anymore. Mm-hmm. Like when, when someone's like, Hey man, I was, you know, I, I was molested. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Hey man, I'm free of that now. Like I, I, that happened to me too. And that can, the same thing can occur for you as well. Yeah. People are very, very encouraged when someone gives a solution to something that may be going on in their life. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it works for them or not is not the point. It's an, an encouragement because like I said, the Bible is there for everyone to read. And I was clearly reading it for months. I'm, I mean, I'm getting a Bible degree. I'm reading the Bible all the time and all the verses are there in regarding spiritual warfare. And I'm crying out to God for months, Mm -hmm. but then I sit down and I have prayer sessions with you and I'm free from it because at the time I wasn't, I don't think I was a strong enough Christian to realize the things that were going on, Mm -hmm. what, what authority that I was able to have in the spirit. And so two or more are gathered in his name. He is in the midst of them, right? So being able to sit with you, being able to have somebody guide me through that was life-changing, yeah. you know? And I think, th- I think the Bible is absolutely true in reference to stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Have authority, have abundance of life, have peace. Uh, you don't have to be gripped by the fiery darts of the evil one. God is literally telling us to the believer. Yeah. I think all too right? often so, we think of them as analogies and, the, and symbols. Yes. Yes. And we, and we yes. just think like, oh, that's a nice symbolic thing of what God does. But the practical yes. aspect of the day-to-day moment by moment, we just totally miss what God is actually offering us in those moments. Right. right. In a lot of ways, I think the, the enemy wants us bogged down on the sidelines, not in the game playing, right? As effective Christians, he wants us bogged down by the things of the past. He doesn't want us thinking that we have authority in in the spirit, which seems like a pretty smart enemy tactic. Yeah. I'll keep them depressed. I'll keep them overweight. I'll keep them ineffective. I'll right. keep them being negative all the time, not being positive, thinking that miraculous things don't occur anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's sort of right. like the line of scrimmage when you line up in a football game and they're yelling across the line at you, trying to psych you out, right. get in your head. Absolutely. You know a little bit more about this than than others that are in my life, but part of the reason that I'm not in full-time ministry right now is because God is still changing me to be the man that I'm supposed to be. Mm -hmm. He's protecting me. Mm -hmm. He's not restricting me from being in a a pastoral role or a, a teaching role. He's protecting me to build me in the way that I should be before I'm put into that position. Yeah. I'm not able to do that, not because God doesn't ever want me to be in a position where I can help people. They say, I'm not ready for it. He's protecting me. The same thing where I was crying out to the Lord for months before being able to talk to you, 
right? He was just preparing me. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's just it's just that simple, but he but he was trying to tell me every time I read the word, "Hey, this is all stuff that's here for you because mm-hmm. I would go back and even to today go back and read the word and I'm like, it was there the whole time, yeah. you know? Yeah. I didn't um I brushed over it. I I think I still struggle with this sometimes is being able to apply something to my life spiritually. Like I may mentally understand it. I may emotionally understand it, but spiritually, when you allow something to spiritually affect you, it dramatically changes who you are. I think that one thing I wanted to add was in the short term, you'd asked me short-term effects. Yeah. There was so much to process that it was a little overwhelming. Yeah. So what would you do now in hindsight? What could someone do in order to help? I would have wanted to spend more time with you Mm -hmm. to break some of those things down that I was feeling and and seeing and going through. Mm -hmm. Um, The worst thing a Christian can ever do is be by himself. Mm -hmm. That's the God's honest truth. So one of the not meant to be by ourselves in, in light of that type of situation. Yeah. So one of the things we go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, go ahead. So one of the things we started doing early on was telling people you feel this relief and it's almost like a cork has come off the bottle and now water will start to pour out, but it's going to be like sludge and the sludge will start to pour out and you'll just think, man, look at all the sludge in this bottle and it keeps coming. But then you realize this isn't a bottle. It's a hose. It's living water pouring out of my soul and it's not supposed to be plugged. And that, that changes everything you know, to understand that the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. Yes, this is a God who's from outside of us coming and dwelling in us. He's separate than us. But yet this living water flows from our uttermost being and cleanses us from the inside out. And so often we're looking for this cleansing outside of us. But yet once we believe in Christ and the Spirit of God dwells in us, there's this cleansing that can come from within. The God is cleaning us from the inside out, our minds and our hearts. And so it's not just a washing of the flesh, but it's God washing us from the inside out. And so we, we uh, early on kind of figured out what you're talking about, that we, people would leave my office being just thinking that it's a totally new life. It's going to be totally different in some ways it was, but yet we started giving them a word of warning that there would need to be more prayer and more working through the issues because, you know, just the floodgates open, but that doesn't have to be a negative thing, you know, because it, it needs yeah. to happen. It needs to be worked through, but that uh, walking with that person through it. And it's hard because I've had people then who've left my office and I don't hear from them for months and I'm trying to track them down and they're not necessarily returning my calls and I don't know what's going on and there's only so much I can do. And especially if I just met them randomly and didn't have their number and I just thought I'd see them around campus, you know, it's been hard sometimes, but, uh, you know, to, to shepherd them in that. But yeah. That's a yeah. good word that we need to try to watch them as they get these breakthroughs. Yeah. I used to think that the church was apathetic and the, the church was complacent and duplicitous. But now I just think it's stuck. I think we've gone as far yes. as our discipleship can take us. And we've we've done everything they've told us to do. But we just don't know the relationship where they can truly have with God that can transform our lives, practically speaking. Well, see, you you know more, you know more of this than anyone. It's it's the degrees, it's the mm-hmm. how much knowledge of the languages do you have? And you know, all these different things, right? Everybody's going for the title you know, and look at the people other than, you know, Paul, 
these these guys were fishermen. Yeah. You know, uh, we have a tax collector. I mean, these guys weren't very educated and they did amazing stuff through the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think so often, I think we limit the body of Christ based on titles. Yeah. I've met some great guys that uh, they don't have all the Bible degrees, but they are on fire for the Lord and nothing holds them back. Yeah. You know? Well, if you look at the things that Jesus said about the Pharisees, it's frightening because he says that you diligently search the scriptures because you know that they contain eternal life, but then you reject me. You know, so when Jesus is standing right in front of you after reading all the scriptures, you would think it would be yep. so evident. Yeah, Nicodemus. Right. Always learning, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. And truth. Yep. And that's the scary thing. You would think that yeah. learning would lead to knowledge of the truth, but it doesn't right. necessarily. So. Wow. So I appreciate you and your willingness to share. It takes a, a bit of bravery to share and uh, some transparency and some healing in order to be open. Man, if you ever want me to get on here and share anything, I'll happily share it. Cool. Because that, that's that's the whole benefit, man. If I get to go through it, I hope that it helps someone else go through it. Right. And so the way I'll often say when I talk with folks about it will be, I'll pray that the Lord will make it so that nothing's lost, that no suffering was useless, but the Lord redeems it. And that which the enemy meant for evil, that God would use it for good. It's powerful, but, man. Yeah. Well, don't take, don't take this the wrong way, but would always want you to be a part of a local church. Yeah. But man, you, you, between you and Jen, the talents that the Lord has given you guys together, mm-hmm. I'm behind you. Thanks. <laughs> I mean, whatever that means, but yeah. you know, um, take that as you know encouragement that whether it's a pastor of a church not not to say there's anything wrong with that but you know i always used to think when i when i would take your classes i'm like why isn't this guy a pastor of a church but you affected way more people being a teacher in a school right Mm -hmm. than you would ever have been as a pastor yeah right so how many other people can you affect by whatever the Lord's putting on your heart now, mm-hmm. right? For the future, it seems like this is a precedent where the body needs this, mm-hmm. right? Not just one church, not just a, an area, yeah. um, right? Yeah. Everything's backed by a scripture verse, right? Don't get me wrong. You mm-hmm. know more about all the talents that you and Jen both possess together, mm-hmm. but doing something together, I feel like is definitely the game changer. Yeah, and I think partly too, for her sake, you know, it's, 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 I'm learning more and more how hard it is to be a woman, you know, never know. But at the same time, it's one of these things where I'm realizing she grew up in a Baptist church and they didn't believe in prophecy in the, you know, the biblical sense, you know, it was more just truth telling and yeah. certainly didn't believe that she could be a pastor based upon, you know, Timothy and Titus. And so for her, she t- took a spiritual gifts test and she scored very high on pastor and prophet. And so it's like her gifts weren't welcome. They didn't have a place for her. And even if they right, were to she, say... She felt quenched. Right. Even if if they were to say like, well, you could do this with women, the women's ministry wasn't developed enough for her to be able to, to do that. There wasn't a space for her to do that. And really, in many ways, you know, she has been spiritually leading in the standpoint of, you know, in our relationship, showing me things and I, as I read it, my life is being changed. And yet at the same time, you know, me being the guy, 
it's often, well, thank Dr. Love for coming and like not even mentioning her and the role that she had, even if she like partly led the conference, you know? So I'm, uh, I'm realizing even for the love of my own wife, I need to help to make space for her to be able to minister. Yeah. And certainly we struggle through those passages and you know, what, what's supposed to be applied today. But I know that there is something amazing about us coming together and, you know, with our gifts, complimenting each other. Honestly, man, I, I think, I think you're doing a great job. I think, I think that ministry is, it's a great ministry. I, I wish that more people knew about or were taught. It's really unfortunate because it's, it's very effective. So what do you think would happen if more people prayed like this? I think we'd have a different society. Michael certainly had a lot of good things to say. Yeah, praying with him was one of the many times since then that I felt this real sense of like, um, I don't know, it was like this maternal bond. And there was you and I, and we were standing with our hands on his shoulders. And he was like the son we were calling forth into a better life. And it's, it's, <laughs> it gets really emotional for me even to walk through all of these stories again and remember all of that. But I just feel like there's no better way that I could spend an afternoon than when we work through something like that and see the kind of relief that we saw in Michael's face. And I believe that Michael is right. If the church simply began listening in prayer again, it would change our nation. When someone gets inner healing through prayer, it's a personal revival. And personal revival is the beginning of revival on a larger scale. What we call revival is merely many people experiencing personal revival all at once. I believe that God is willing to bring personal revival to each person, their families, and our nation. And it all begins when God's people begin to be willing to listen in prayer. I can't imagine a better investment in the kingdom of God than the time that we spend helping others to listen to God. And as Jen and I spent some time last week just praying, discerning the Lord's will, we really felt God freeing us to step out in faith and focus more intently on the leading of God's people into prayer. So as of this June, we're going to begin approaching Pray Through It as our full-time ministry. This means that we've opened up our schedules so that we can be free to help you and your community to deepen and to grow in a culture of prayer. And we'll be looking for churches and retreat centers across the nation where we can host prayer discipleship events and prayer retreats. And even welcoming into homes where we can stay. Otherwise, we expect we'll be spending quite a bit of time sleeping in our Jeep, which is fine too. We don't know what this next season will look like, but your words of support and your kindness will go far. So why not email us at drlove at praythroughit.com. And let us know that you're listening and supporting us. And if you'd like to be one of the churches that we come and visit this summer, or if you're a former student that we've prayed with, let us know too your story. We'd love to hear that and catch up with you, just like we did with Michael. And be sure to subscribe so that you can hear how this story continues to unfold, because right now we're not sure what that's going to look like. And if you feel led, we'd love to have more people be part of this launch team that helps to support us and get us out there. And you can find all that info on our website at praythroughit.com. Thanks for joining us this week. Next week, we'll take a bit of a break from our storytelling and give you highlights from our March 2021 Venture Out Retreat that we just completed in Lexington, North Carolina. Until then, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They will never be condemned for their sins, but they have already passed from death into life. So this week, be sure to stop, look, and listen throughout your day as moment by moment, you process life through prayer.